0: quite unusual
1: hey everybody and welcome to the quite unusual podcast i am noelle and i am nicole and we are your hosts now imagine listeners you unlock this door with the key of imagination beyond it is another dimension a dimension of sound a dimension of sight a dimension of the mind you're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Quite Unusual Podcast.
0: You know what that reminds me of? What? I love what you did there with that intro. Thank
1: you. But it totally
0: reminds me of one of my favorite rides of all time. <laughs> okay. The Tower of
1: Terror in oh. Disney. Disney World, have you ever written it? I done been on that one. It's so fun. It's super scary. And I was about 10 years old um, and I was sitting next to a larger gentleman, mm-hmm. we will say. And it had like the one long like lap bar. <laughs> oh no. It was about 10 inches above my child I've, waist. I've had that happen to me before. And I like flew up and <gasps> thought I was going to die. Oh my gosh. It was the ultimate tower of terror. <laughs> Wow. I think they only have seatbelts, though, so... Do they?
0: Yeah. Well, last time. I know they got rid of one. I don't think it's the... I think the one in California they got rid of.
1: I don't know. I'm not that big of a Disney guy, you know? More of a Universal Studios kind of gal myself. Oh, yeah. So, welcome back to part two of the Mothman series. Mm -hmm. In part one, we covered the Flatwoods monster, our boy injured Cold, and the men in black. If you have... (laughs) Oh, boy. If you are just joining us and you have not yet listened to part one, please go back and do so because you will be slightly lost, but not super lost, but like a little lost. Yeah, I'd say like half lost,
0: maybe. Yeah,
1: like you want to listen to it. Yeah.
0: Please. And this episode is actually called Mothman Part 2. It is. The Mothman Cometh. What?
1: (laughs) We did not discuss this. I've decided.
0: It's called Mothman Part 2, The Mothman Cometh. It was either that or to moth to man so i went with the mothman oh cometh.
1: Yeah. i like that what about like mothman the mothening <laughs> i like that mothman the sequel i think we should stick with the mothman cometh. yeah i like that one. Oh,
0: mothman in the bogus journey <laughs> <laughs> mothman one and a half
1: <laughs> it's a good day to moth hard <laughs> <laughs> the same die hard. Whoa, boy. Mm. Well, since we started part
0: one with a keel quote, I found another crazy cool keel quote.
1: Keel quotes.
0: So I have this quote, and it is, the unknown is out there. The universe does not exist as we think it exists, and we don't exist as we think we exist.
1: Whoa. Mm-hmm. That was deep and funky fresh. Mm-hmm. Sometimes... I don't think I exist at all. You know what? Does anyone really exist? Whoa. Prove it. You can. not No one can. You, everyone in this room, you, mm-hmm. that guy standing in the corner, you are all in my head. Okay? None of this is real. I'm in some kind of weird... We're in like, like pods, like in the <sighs> Matrix, where everything is just like assimilation. Keanu, come save me. <laughs> Keanu. Don't take the red pill. I don't... Okay, Elon Musk. <laughs> I just have to say one thing and yeah. then... We will get actually into Into the content here. Okay. Um. I cannot say Keanu Reeves name without saying it in like a weird Arnold Schwarzenegger type voice. Oh, I thought you were gonna say like the
0: Keanu voice. (laughs) Like you have to say his name using his voice.
1: Do that. Do it right now.
0: Keanu Reeves.
1: Oh, whoa. (laughs) How do you say it? Keanu. I can't not
0: do it. I mean, both ways are pretty good. I think both are accurate,
1: and he would approve of both. Yeah. He's a nice guy. All right. Without further ado, people, (laughs) let's hop into, hippity hop, into part two, um, The Mothman Cometh. Yes. Let's do it. Okay. I'm honestly very excited to talk about this. These locations. Mm, Yes. Okay. You know I love this part of the podcast. So let's jump into it. Our story takes place in and around the Point Pleasant area of West Virginia and Gallipolis of Ohio. The two cities share a natural border of the Kanawha and Ohio rivers, which is or was, <gasps> spoiler. spoiler, spanned by the Silver Bridge. The southeastern corner of Ohio and the surrounding area of West Virginia is considered to be one of the most haunted areas in the whole country.
0: In the whole country? The whole country. shit.
1: Right? Okay. West Virginia has long been thought of as one of the strangest parts of the country in in regards to like ghosts, legends, and strange happenings. This part of the country, which was originally part of Virginia, and then they seceded during the Civil War. They were the good people, though. They were on the good side. Oh, okay. I've Mm -hmm. always wondered why there's a Virginia
0: and a West Virginia. It
1: was part of regular Virginia. Oh. And then they were super against slavery, so they split off. Good because for you, West Virginia. Virginia was part of the Slave Triangle. <laughs> Little known fact. Wow. Okay, yeah, cool. Not super great. Cool history there. Yeah, it, It's history. I don't yeah. know if it's cool, well. but you know. Well, anyways, this part of the world was regarded by the Native Americans as like a haunted spot. Mm-hmm. It was plagued with tons of ghost lights, phantoms, strange creatures, cryptids, the like. All the good stuff. Yeah. There's this theory that this area may be some sort of window, if you will, between dimensions, Mm -hmm. which would allow paranormal phenomena to come and go through that window as they please. Which we saw a bit of this in part one, and we'll see some more of that later. Yeah, that's
0: interesting. And it honestly makes a lot of sense with what goes on around here.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And I mean, we'll really, really get into it because... I will be joining us in Conspiracy Corner. (laughs) So stay tuned for that one. But let's talk about curses. Which always reminds me of this part in The Simpsons because, like, everything in my life reminds me of The Simpsons, (laughs) where there's this gypsy and she says to Homer, How's that curse I cursed you with? kirstie yes yes i know exactly what you're talking about she's like a tarot card reader right yeah it's like on one of the uh treehouse of horror yeah so it's totally those are the fucking best i know they're so good my favorite yeah so every time i hear the word curse i think has that curse i cursed with kirstie, kirstie. <laughs> anyways back to the actual story i just everything reminds me of the simpsons i mean it has to it's been on for so long well yeah So. American classic. It is. It's a goddamn American <laughs> treasure. Goddamn. <laughs> so, anyways, I heard somewhere that the Native Americans wouldn't live in West Virginia. Yeah, I think it was on like some documentary that I watched.
0: Yeah, I would say out of the like twelve hundred and three
1: I watched, <laughs> it was definitely in one of those. Just like one though, because mm-hmm. when I tried to research it, because that sounds super cool. Yeah, I found that Native Americans lived basically all over the area.
0: Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, so
1: that's sort of an interesting like little false fact, but yeah. I think that it really lends to the lore of Point Pleasant. Definitely. Definitely does. On the banks of the Ohio River lived a Shawnee settlement with a chief called Cornstalk, oh. or he was actually called, I might butcher this, sorry, Hokoleskawa, Leskawa, which translates loosely into stock of corn. Oh, okay. As the white inhabitants of the American colonies began to push their way to the west, they entered into deadly combat with the Native Americans, which we know yeah we know um, we know and they were because they were already living there and then yeah. the whites wanted to live there so yeah they yeah. murdered and pillaged and did all those things Ugh. but that my friends is where they met our guy chief cornstalk he organized eight tribes to fight against the white settlers in the battle of point pleasant which happened in 1774 It's estimated that only a few hundred died, but tons and tons of people were wounded in the battle. Yeah, I bet. Chief Cornstalk would go on to later befriend the white settlers, and he even helped kind of like draw maps and stuff of the area. So they became friends
0: that is so nice of him it's very nice because i would never do that
1: yeah so big of him i feel like you see that a lot though yeah you know like the white people come and they push their way through like the native american lands and murder them and like rape their women and like all Mm, the terrible things yeah and then the natives are like well we can still be friends we'll teach you how to plant corn yeah and then they just kill them anyways yeah not good But then our man, Chief Cornstalk, on November 9th, 1777, was murdered. (gasps) Yep. Treachery, deception, and murder would bring an end to his life. I know, it was so terrible. Cornstalk was being held hostage when several white settlers killed him and his fellow hostages extremely brutally. Wow. After being shot eight freaking times, Chief Cornstalk (laughs) parted this world with a curse that he placed on Point Pleasant. Good for him. That's how I feel and it would linger for over two hundred years, and bring with it tragedy, death, and disaster. According to the legend, Chief Cornstalk looked upon his murderers and spoke these words. I was the border man's friend. Many times I have saved him and his people from harm. I never warred with you, but only to protect our wigwams and our lands. I refuse to join your pale face enemies with the red coats. I came to the fort as your friend, and you have murdered me. You have murdered by my side my young son. For this, may the curse of the Great Spirit rest upon this land. May it be blighted by nature. May it be blighted in its hopes. May the strength of its people be paralyzed by the stain of our blood. And then he very dramatically died.
0: Damn. I'm I'm team cornstalk on this, because honestly, they kind of deserve to be cursed. I love a good curse. Right?
1: Yeah. Because they're usually deserved. Kirsty. 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 So we'll talk a bit more about our main man, Cornstalk, when we get into Mothman. But to continue with Point Pleasant, just north of Point Pleasant, there lays a bunch of TNT fields, or what it's formerly called the West Virginia Ordinance Works. Hmm. During World War II in that region, more than 8,000 acres were devoted to an ammunition manufacturing facility. Yeah the TNT area for safety reasons the explosives were stored in bunkers or sort of like igloos mm-hmm. that were strategically scattered across the territory and disguised by a thick layer of earth so from above from like a plane mm-hmm. this would look like a really like beautiful hilly nature preserve But in actuality, they're concrete domes full of explosives and toxic materials. So they covered
0: these domes with grass-like material.
1: Yeah. So it would just look like it was natural. Yeah, they planted like grasses and
0: like wildflowers. I wonder
1: what made them choose West Virginia to house
0: this, of all places.
1: I don't know. The government has weird bunkers like everywhere. That's true.
0: Have you heard that rumor that there was an atomic bomb hidden under Soldier Field in Chicago?
1: I have heard that. Isn't that crazy? I feel like probably uh yeah i would say yeah i don't totally put anything past anyone no so especially the government oh my gosh well in the 1980s it was discovered that there were toxic chemicals leaking out of these domes mm. uh surprise surprise right And the tnt fields just in general have like a super eerie strange stillness about them mm-hmm. some of the grassy ground cover has come off to expose concrete domes Some of, like, the rusty doors that lead inside are pried open and who knows what lurks in there. Hmm. It's just, like, a really creepy, noxious place. Yeah, sounds like it. And now we're going to get to my favorite part. Point Pleasant lies on the 37th parallel. Yes. I love, I love this. I love it so much. Me too. Which, okay, like, the Earth is split into a bunch of, like, parallels like the equator yeah. is one and mm-hmm. then it just counts like from, a bunch of lines basically yeah just that around. run horizontally around the globe yeah so you can sort of think of the 37th parallel as like a paranormal super highway if you will <laughs> yes it goes from chesapeake bay to santa cruz california in the united states This line on the map is littered, like, up and down with histories of cattle mutations, UFO sightings, reports of underground military bases, Hmm, and tons and tons of ancient native sacred sites. This phenomena zone reaches about 70 miles on either side of the 37th parallel, so roughly between, like, the 36th and the 38th parallel. Mm Mm-hmm. So it kind of stretches that whole thing. It's like 150 miles, if you will, like up and down of just unusual happenings. Yeah. And I want to point out
0: that, you know what else lies on this little line? What? Kelly Hopkinsville and Hellier, Kentucky. (laughs) So there's a little bit of goblin action happening on
1: this line as well. There's so many crazy things that are on this line. A lot of people think of the 37th parallel as being like just sort of like atypical... And I feel like that's kind of like hogwash. Like I I think. Hogwash. (laughs) I don't know. I'm I'm so sold on this. Like there's just so many weird things that happen there that I don't think there's not something to it.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like it's too many coincidences. And when like too many coincidences isn't like there has to be something.
1: What is it called? Not coincidences. Um, Uh, Give me like two seconds. It starts with an S. Synchronicities. Synchronicities. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So there's just a lot of synchronicities going on here. Like some notable landmarks include the Pentagon, Fort Knox, (laughs) okay, basically all of Washington, D.C., which, hmm, you know, on that one. Area 51, Aztec, New Mexico, which was home to a UFO crash in 1948. Hmm. The Four Corners, where Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and New Mexico meet. Which is just really convenient that those states are like a perfect 90-degree angle. Yeah. I always thought that was weird. Super creepy. Mammoth Cave National Park is there. And the New Mexico Dulce Base, which if you're not familiar with that... I am not familiar with we that. We should do like a whole episode on this shit. Okay. What is it? This is a jointly operated human and alien underground facility... <laughs> that exists... Yes. That exists under the Archuleta Mesa... On the Colorado-New Mexico border. We are talking tall whites people. Wait, so they it's people and aliens working together in yes. an underground yes. laboratory? <laughs> yeah, like you know last episode how we were making fun of like the Will Smith version of Men yeah. in Black? It's basically that. <laughs> but full real. They have little aliens that like... The little worm guys. Yeah, they're so cute. They're very cute. Love them. Drink all the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, outside the States, Fukushima, Japan is right on that line the border between north and south korea and granada spain where there have just been hundreds and hundreds of ufo sightings most recently i don't know if you remember Mm -hmm. in november of 2019 there were all those videos that came out yes yeah that was in granada so that's on the 37th parallel okay well Mm -hmm. just added more synchronicities synchronicities Unusual occurrences number in the thousands, but let's talk about a couple of my favorite besides Mothman, if you'll indulge me. Yes, please. obviously, indulging. Mama loves Injured Cold. We've been over that. Doesn't Who and doesn't? the Flatwoods Monster. I mean, how cute! Like, I know. I love a floaty man that scratches up cars and hisses in your face. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I do like cats, and that's basically <laughs> the same thing. Well, there's something called the Joplin Spooklight, and also the Tri-State Spooklight. And the Ozark spook light. Spook light. I feel like this... What is a spook light? (laughs) There's so many of them. It's basically like large luminous objects that they look sort of like a star, but they don't move. So, you know, as like the world turns, the stars rotate. Mm -hmm. Well, we rotate in the sky. But it's noticeable. Mm -hmm. These don't move. But they do pulsate. So they'll get bigger and smaller and bigger and smaller. And they last for. I don't know, sometimes 30 minutes, sometimes eight hours. It depends. Okay. And this was seen first in 1836 along the Trail of Tears, which crisscrossed the 37th parallel as well. Oh, shit. Native Americans reported seeing star people, which the descriptions sound exactly like aliens. I was going to say, or aliens? (laughs) Yeah, the Navajo, Apache, Pueblo, and Hopi, and also I think the Santa Clara tribes they all lived on the 37th parallel and they all said that they came in contact with these star people Whoa. they all had different names for them and stuff but they were part of like their folklore
0: interesting cool.
1: for, for decades ranchers along this line have also experienced cattle mutilations which we know always means aliens yes the first recorded mutilation was in 1894, which came along with the Arkansas Airship Mystery. Have you heard of this? No. I'm obsessed with this. Basically, it was a UFO sighting in like 1894. 1894. Yes, but they didn't know how to describe it except for airship because they didn't have airplanes or anything. Oh. So, yeah. Oh. Wait, did they have airplanes? When were airplanes invented? Definitely not in
0: 1894.
1: No? No. I have no idea when airplanes were invented. I would say
0: after at least 1900. Well, the car wasn't invented until like... When was
1: the Model T? I have no idea. Like 1905? I have like... <laughs> I like history, that out there. but I know absolutely... Like, I don't have a timeline for it. Are you looking up I am, when yeah. airplanes... Okay. Oh, airplanes were invented in 1903. Okay, cool. We made it then. So, yeah. In the 1970s, cattle mutilations totally ramped up. Which, th- like, there were thousands and thousands of reports along this area, along the 37th parallel. Mm. Things like cattle being found completely drained of blood, their organs removed, but in, like, a weird surgical way. Mm. And then in some instances, cattle looked like they were completely dried up like raisins in the sun.
0: That's weird. I don't know if you remember from the book Mothman Prophecies, but mm-hmm. Kiel talks about how there were these people... In like a blood mobile i guess if you will yeah. like traveling with a bunch of blood yeah and they were followed by a ufo
1: right so there's
0: like something what i don't know what it is but with our blood and
1: aliens they collect it they're vampires maybe they drink it maybe they use our dna <laughs> wine
0: to oh, them.
1: wine's delicious so i support that support it too i think that's fine well there's all sorts of like ghost and cryptid sightings um obviously stolen blood trucks Happening all over there. (laughs) So you can kind of just draw this line, like, again, across the United States. And tons and tons of weird things happen there. So that's the 37th parallel, which Mm. it's right on this line, too, Point Pleasant. When John Keel rolled up into Point Pleasant to start his interviews, very unexplainable things came with him, too. We'll talk about Mothman, obviously. But as we know from part one, the Men in Black kind of followed John Keel to Point Pleasant, which... Caused a little bit of trouble around town. Yeah, well, Keel was actually in
0: the area because he was commissioned to write an article about UFOs. Mm-hmm. So he was actually doing some field research around the area because obviously a lot of stuff was happening in the 50s and 60s and it was just ripe with activity. And then when the Mothman sighting started to happen, that kind of brought him to Point Pleasant.
1: Well, this whole area just sort of seems like plagued by paranormal like events and activity from the start. For sure. So I think we should get into the real reason why everyone is listening. The bad boy at Point Pleasant, The Winged <laughs> Wonder of West Virginia, The Rowdy Boy with the Red Eyes. Drumroll, please. Mothman. Okay, so
0: Mothman sightings in Point Pleasant and the surrounding areas started in late 1966 and went on until December 15th in 1967. Now, there were over 100 accounts of sightings of Mothman, so for time's sake, we're just going to stick to the big ones.
1: Over 100 sightings in 13 months? Yep. That is so many.
0: I know. And they all basically said the same thing, which means, like, it can't be false, you know?
1: Right. Right. But there is some
0: speculation regarding when the first Mothman sighting happened. Some sightings go back even as far as 1961 in West Virginia. People spotting a large winged man thing flying across the sky. Reports like that. Okay. Whether he was in the area sooner, probably maybe scouting the area. We're not sure. But what all accounts seem to agree on is that sightings, and I mean more than just like a swoop across the sky... (laughs) They started to take off around late 1966. So our first really important sighting that actually gained media attention and brought the creature to light happened November 15th of 1966. So we have two couples. And this encounter was one of the main reasons why our boy John Keel Keel. became interested and actually why he came over to Point Pleasant. So we have Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Mallett, and they were just cruising around in Roger's sweet-ass black 1957 <laughs> Chevy, you know, around the area known as the TNT area, which you spoke about earlier. Mm-hmm. It was apparently a popular hangout for young folks at the time.
1: Um, probably just like make-out point, if we Totally. Those. Totally was so when they got
0: to the tnt area they spotted what they thought was a man standing in the road but as they got closer they noticed a pair of glowing red eyes they described the creature as having a man-like body with large wings similar to an angel's wings and they said that this being was around six or seven feet tall with a 10 foot wingspan and he was a grayish black color
1: he sounds super cute
0: i know he sounds pretty hot linda said she could see the muscles in it and its legs and oh that, shit this dude's muscular dang does he lift i'm sure what do you think he can squat 350 at oh least. easy <laughs> linda also said that his glowing red eyes were mesmerizing oh so he's like a straight-up hottie yeah like, like the encrypted he is like the creme de la creme he's cryptids.
1: six and a half feet tall Huge wingspan, am I right, ladies? You know what that means. <laughs> Giant <laughs> wings. Yeah. N- mesmerizing. <laughs> Why? What does it mean? Big talons. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it means. Okay. All right. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, mesmerizing eyes. Yeah. And quads you cannot contain. <laughs> An ass that you could bounce a dime off of. I've done it and a quarter. Do you have change? Because I'm making it right now, baby. All right. Let's stop objectifying mothman <laughs> So the group was...
0: uh, (laughs) I need a drink for that one, sorry.
1: Woo!
0: So the group was obviously terrified by what they had seen, and they started the car up, drove away as quickly as they could onto Route 66, but the Mothman decided to pursue them. Uh Uh-oh. So they say that he's just spread his wings and just flew straight into the air, so there's no flapping going on or happening. So he started flying right behind their car and was chasing them and was, like, right on top of them. That's
1: terrifying.
0: Yeah. They say that they were going over 100 miles per hour in the car, but the creature was able to follow right behind them. And at
1: some points, they even heard it, like, hitting the top of their car. That's how... On top of this, it was. Was he scratching it with his talons a la Flatwood Monster? <laughs> Probably. Because I'm very into these monsters like scratching to things. destroy vehicles. <laughs> it's like their thing. Like they egg cars, they scratch them up, <laughs> they key them. I'm here for it. It's hilarious. So Roger
0: actually was very fond of his 57 Chevy and he was known to take very, very, very good care of his baby. And Mothman like you said with the talents <laughs> was said to have left scratches on the car and these scratches were even seen by
1: police. Oh shit, dude. I mean, here we go again with the scratches. <laughs> it's almost like seriously all the cryptids got a hint from that Carrie Underwood song where she like keys up her ex's car she's cheating a bat on to it. Yeah. <laughs> they just like rage play that and
0: like <laughs> scratch up cards. That's what they do for fun on the weekends. So as the two couples neared the edge of Point Pleasant, the creature decided he was bored and he just gave up his chase and then flew back into the forest as they made their way into town.
1: Oh, wow. I wonder if that's sort of like a territory thing. Terri- Why did I say it possible. that way? Territory. A territory <laughs> thing. You know, but like... A territory thing. <laughs>
0: as they were driving back into town, they saw what they said was the body of a big
1: dog laying on the side of the road. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Because I read that there's this man named Merle Partridge. Yes. And he had like a giant German shepherd, I think it was. Named Bandit. Yes. And it ran away, Mm. supposedly. Mm -hmm. Well, basically it disappeared after he saw like a Mothman Mothman sighting. type thing, yeah. Yeah. And then the dog just totally disappeared. The dog had seen like glowing red eyes out in the field Mm. and it chased it. Like the dog chased the eyes and then... It never came back. Well, I think we found it.
0: No. Sadly. So they stopped at Tiny's Diner and decided that they should inform the police of what had happened. So they drive to the police station and they talk to Deputy Millard Halstead, who didn't really believe them, but knew them to be pretty well-rounded kids. And they weren't troublemakers. So... He saw that they were genuinely terrified, so he was like, all right, we'll go. We'll investigate. So the couples followed along, and together they went back to the TNT area where they searched with flashlights all around, but they couldn't find anything. Hmm. They did, however, get weird static disturbances coming from the deputy's radio,
1: which was weird. So... Just to like interject here, I saw in a lot of places, and John Keel mentions it in his book too, uh-huh. that basically all of the police radios were just crazy static at like oh, yeah. random times in the Radios
0: area. and phones like everywhere just in the area were just going bonkers. Yeah, like some sort of weird electric disturbance. Exactly, yeah. So Sorry. the next day, Sheriff George Johnson held a press conference about what the couples had spotted the night before. And this was when the newspaper got a hold of the story, and some anonymous editor coined the name Mothman.
1: Oh, it's very cute.
0: Well, at the time, Batman was a super popular comic <laughs> character. So it's believed that the name is sort of a spin off of that, even though the creature doesn't possess any moth like qualities, I guess, besides having wings. Yeah. He's more bird like, but the
1: name stuck, and that's how we know of him today. Who would win in a fight? A bat? A moth or a bird? Mm, I'm going to have to go bat. Bats okay. are scrappy. They're they're various. <laughs> junkyard bats. Who would win in a fight? Batman, Mothman, or Birdman from that movie, Birdman? You mean uh, Michael Keaton? <laughs> Wait, is it Michael Keaton as Batman also? Oh, shit, yes. <laughs> it absolutely is. So Michael Keaton, Batman. <laughs> Michael Keaton, Birdman. Mothman, and then also Michael Keaton and Birdman. <laughs> Who would win in a fight to the death?
0: I'm going to have to go mothman on this one
1: are you yeah i'm going mothman i'm gonna go bird band because it seems like he has nothing to lose man He does it <laughs> no one in a fight michael keaton himself or mothman
0: michael keaton himself
1: i think so too because i feel like he has nothing, he has to nothing lose. To lose. <laughs>
0: besides an oscar
1: oh i said it you know he actually listens to this podcast so <laughs> i'm really sorry michael michael if you're out there so sorry After this, sightings of
0: the Mothman start to pop up everywhere around Point Pleasant. All people that spot him were reporting a seven-foot entity with wings over 10 feet wide, the glowing red eyes, he would chase after cars, known to eat small animals in the area, and also the the fact that he didn't really flap his wings. He just kind of like jumped and floated with his wings
1: outstretched. That's very cool. It's creepy. It's almost like angel-like. Oh, yeah. Right? Know? Like he just like kind of hovered. Yeah. There were also tons and tons of reports of like a man with quads that just wouldn't quit. <laughs> An ass that <laughs> you can't pass. The tightest ass you've ever seen. We'll, we'll get to his ass a little <laughs> later, though, too.
0: <laughs> so the TNT plant was sort of like a home for the Mothman. Most sightings occurred near this area. So people found this out, and they would come to the area with guns trying to hunt Mothman, of course. Of
1: course. (coughs) Terrible.
0: (laughs) Another notable sighting happened the day after the Scarberry Mallet sighting on November 16th in 1966. Mrs. Marcella Bennett was going to visit a friend who lived near one of the igloos in the TNT area on Route 62. While she was driving her car, she spotted a red glowing light flying about the TNT area.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So when Mrs. Bennett got to the house, she awakened something that looked as if it were sleeping in front of the house.
1: She thought it was
0: an animal, but then she saw the red eyes. She thought it might have been a man. But then she noticed feathers as she got out of her car. She dropped her baby No, and was frozen with fear by the sight of the Mothman. So she was aware that she had dropped her baby, but she was frozen with just complete fear that she couldn't move for minutes. Just staring at this thing.
1: Do we know this baby's name?
0: The baby's name was Tina.
1: That's so sad. So she dropped tiny little baby infant Tina. Baby Tina. Oh, baby
0: Tina. So she was finally able to get a hold of herself and she grabs baby Tina and she runs into the house. So when she gets in the house, the Mothman scurried onto the porch and was like peering into the windows. He appeared to be curious, not aggressive. And so they called the people in the house. They called the sheriff's department. When the sheriff arrives, Mothman is gone, of course.
1: Of course. And from what I saw, Mothman was described as sort of like not having like an actual head. He was just like a face sort of on a body, if you will.
0: Well, yeah. A lot of people didn't report ever seeing his face. Yeah. Which is strange. Some people did. Just like the eyes. Yeah, just the eyes. But a lot of people just said that he didn't really have like a face like there or a face that they could remember, I guess. Like a face a mother could love. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. So this is an important sighting because Mrs. Bennett was so up close to the creature, she really got a good look at it. And then the people inside the house corroborated her story that the thing was looking into the windows. So it's a bunch of people at once seeing this thing.
1: That would be so fucking scary.
0: I know. It's like why I was afraid of him peering into my window. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, our next sighting happened November 27th in 1966. And it happened to an 18 year old girl named Connie Jo Carpenter from New Haven, West Virginia. Connie Jo. Love oh, it.
1: Love Connie Jo.
0: So, Connie worked at the local diner, Tiny's Diner. And she was the niece of our favorite, Mary Heyer. I fucking love Mary Heyer. She's the greatest. So, Connie was driving home from church. Bless her little heart. Oh. Around 10 a.m. on Sunday, November 27th, 1966, when she saw what she thought was a very tall man standing on the side of the road on Route 62. Well, we've heard this story before. We sure have. All of a sudden, the man unfolded giant wings and took off straight into the air and started for her car. This is a quote from Connie. She said, those eyes, they were very red. And once they were fixed on me, I couldn't take my own eyes off of them. It's a wonder I didn't have a wreck. She says that the Mothman flew towards her windshield and then flew off and disappeared into the woods.
1: That would be so terrifying. I'm afraid Mm -hmm. if like a bird flies too close to my car. Right? Yeah. Can you imagine a giant 10 foot? Absolutely not. (laughs) Like wingspan and like coming at you with his beautiful eyes and they're just mesmerizing and you lock (laughs) eyes and you think he says... I love you, Connie. And you're like, what? No, we don't even know each other. And then you're like, what are we? And he just flies away. I I couldn't even imagine. (laughs) That would be terrifying and so sad.
0: Yeah. So Connie puts the pedal to the metal and races home in a panic. She locked herself in her bedroom and all she could say was those eyes. She just keeps on repeating those eyes. She's so shaken up by the encounter that she stayed home from school for several days afterward. Oh, wow. Connie. See, Connie was one of the special witnesses, if you'll call it that, I guess. Connie was one of the special people who contracted cleag conjunctivitis, or also known as eyeburn. Oh, no. Her eyes were swollen, red and itchy, and had pus coming out of them for two (gasps) weeks.
1: That's a horror movie. In and of
0: itself, yes. So not everyone who sees the Mothman gets eyeburn but it's said that Connie is one of the very few people to actually get a good glimpse of his face, and she claims it was horrible, like something out of a science fiction movie, and that's all she's ever said about it. Really? hmm So it seems like the only people to actually have seen his face yeah. get conjunctivitis.
1: Oh, no. Did baby Tina get conjunctivitis?
0: No, she was, like, on the ground in the dirt because her oh, mom yeah? dropped her.
1: I forgot, like, face down in the dirt. <laughs>
0: Mary Heyer, who we talked about a lot in part, part one, with the strange little man who laughed in her face and ran away because of a ballpoint pen. So she was a pivotal part of recording all of these sightings in the town. Like we mentioned, she was the baddest of all bad bitches. Mary would report on all strange sightings and occurrences in her article, Where the Waters Mingle. That's a cool name. Or her column, her column in the newspaper. So her and John Keel got real close, and be- and she became his main point of contact in the city while he was around West Virginia investigating. Like Keel, Mary, too, had witnessed strange things in the skies. And like I mentioned, she had her fair share run-in- of run-ins with the men in black. Yeah. Telling her to stop investigating and telling her to stop writing about these strange things. But Mary just pretty much told them to go off themselves, which is why we love her. We love Mary. So people in Point Pleasant loved Mary as well. And they felt comfortable talking with her about these strange things. She acted almost as like a shoulder to lean on for them. So she is one of the main reasons why we have so much of these accounts documented because people felt comfortable coming to her and saying what they had seen.
1: I saw one thing that said that like a, m- a man in black went mm-hmm. into Mary's office when she wasn't there, and there was one of her coworkers, mm-hmm. and they asked him like, "What would Mary say <laughs> if we told her to stop talking yes. about UFOs?" Yes. And the guy was like well mister she'd tell you to fuck right off and And she did (laughs) and that was mary and i'm super here for it that's
0: mary for you now all these strange occurrences and sightings of mothmen and ufos and aliens all led
1: to one big event dun dun
0: dun
1: 13 months after the first Mothman sighting on December 15th, 1967, the Silver Bridge, which is connecting Point Pleasant to Gala Police, yes. collapsed seemingly out of nowhere. It was five in the evening on a Friday, and the bridge was bumper to bumper traffic, full of people trying to get home after work, maybe doing some Christmas shopping, or maybe just visiting friends and family in the neighboring city.
0: I also, this is a fun fact so people, the bridge was popular because people, Um, from the West Virginia side, would go over to the Ohio side to go grocery shopping to buy their food because Ohio didn't tax their food. They didn't have taxes on their food. Mm -hmm.
1: That makes total sense. I know. I would absolutely do that. Same. Well, unfortunately, all these people that just went grocery shopping in Ohio, (laughs) suddenly the suspension chain on the bridge snapped. It hurtled downwards with like an insane force. The entire bridge shifted, causing the concrete to crumble under the weight of all the vehicles on the bridge. Yeah, so in the documentary that I watched, it said that it was an eye bar suspension
0: bridge. Mm -hmm. So basically, what it was, it was just like chains of flat steel eye bars, forty-five to fifty-five feet long, and they were linked by little steel pins through holes at the end of the bars. And the Silver Bridge had one hundred and forty-eight eye bars.
1: Wow. Well, the collapse resulted in the death of forty-six people and also left nine severely injured. Vehicles plunged into the icy Ohio River, sealing their passengers to endure their watery fates. Two of the victims were also never found. Yeah, it was a a 12 year old girl and then a woman. Their bodies were never recovered. That's so sad. The incident is regarded as one of the largest catastrophes in American history and remains the deadliest bridge disaster. The investigation of the wreckage pointed to the cause of the collapse being the failure of one single eye bar. Of those, what was it, 148? Uh, Yeah, 148. So one of them in the suspension chain broke due to a small defect a fraction of an inch deep. Analysis showed that the bridge was carrying much heavier loads than it had been originally designed for and that had just been really poorly maintained
0: yeah, so I read and it's actually that funny that we were talking about when cars were made too, because <laughs> I read that when cars were first made, yeah they were they weighed a lot less. Oh so once they started like mass producing cars mm-hmm. using heavier parts, the bridge wasn't updated to account for that weight, which also
1: played a part in why it failed. That's super sad. After the collapse of the Silver Bridge, protocols for inspections of older bridges changed to sort of prevent future tragedies. So that's one positive that came out of this. Yeah, because they, I mean, they had a lot,
0: they had a couple other bridges like this around the country. And after the collapse, they removed and replaced them,
1: which for good reason. Yeah, this bridge was also replaced by the Silver Memorial Bridge pretty shortly after. And I don't know if you saw photos of the wreckage, but Mm. they're just awful. Yeah, We'll share some of them on our social media and stuff. I also want to bring us back to the movie Mothman Prophecies, (laughs) which I hope you've all seen by now. There's this fantastic scene where Richard Gere's character playing John Keel is frantically running around the bridge trying to get people to leave their vehicles and, like, run off of it. And he sees the bridge collapsing in, like, almost slow motion. Mm. And it's just, it's fantastic, and it's super haunting. Yeah, totally. And that's all.
0: Wake up, number 37. (laughs)
1: Well, as Nicole stated, all these paranormal, unexplainable events kind of culminate with this bridge disaster. And after the bridge disaster, sightings of the Mothman completely ceased in Point Pleasant. Hmm. Obviously, what we're trying to say here is that the Mothman and the Silver (laughs) Bridge collapse are connected. I mean, duh, right? It's got to be. There's several camps that I kind of want to explain or explore here, Mm -hmm. so let me know what you think is most plausible, okay? Okay. Did this creature come to warn of the disaster? Many, many people had dreams of the disaster in the days leading up to the bridge collapse. On November 19th in 1967, our girl, Mary Heyer, told John Keel, quote, I had a terrible nightmare. There were a lot of people drowning in the river and Christmas packages were floating everywhere mm. in the water. It's like something awful is going to happen.
0: Yeah, that's that's one thing that people said when the bridge collapsed is that presents were floating in the water
1: and it was just a super heavy thing to see. Yeah, So that's creepy that she dreamt about that. I mean, it was 10 days before Christmas. So yeah. imagine like... In, in the movie, there's like Christmas music, like slowly yeah. playing in the it's background. A di- it's and... actually a
0: day before my birthday.
1: Oh, happy December birthday. 15th. Happy birthday, Bridge Collapse. <laughs> John Keel also interviewed a woman called Virginia Thomas, who had dreams about people dying in the water of the nearby Ohio River in late November. Hmm. A survivor of the collapse, Charlene Wood, said in an interview, When I got to the traffic light here in Point Pleasant, I got to the red light. When it changed, I started going up onto the bridge, and just about that time, the bridge started shaking. I heard a loud noise, and I thought that a boat had hit the bridge. She she reversed the vehicle as the bridge began folding inward on itself. No. Yes, and her tire stopped just at the <gasps> ledge where it broke off.
0: Oh, can you even imagine that? I can't. It's interesting that you bring up the loud noise that she heard, because... People who were alive and living in Point Pleasant at the time, and this is for more than one person, Uh they say that right before the bridge collapsed that they heard a boom or like a swoosh sound. Really? Like, yeah, like right before it happened. So some people theorize that the sonic boom kind of pushed the bridge into falling, like wherever it came from.
1: Who knows? That's super interesting because going back to this 37th parallel thing, if this mm. is a dimension, like kind of yeah. like gateway Ooh. here, maybe some sort of weird energy force came contributed it. to this.
0: Yes. Conspiracy
1: Corner. Well, <laughs> well, was Mothman, I mean, do you think, or even Indra Cold trying mm. to put these messages like into the dreams of the people of Point Pleasant? Because I'm kind of mm. into that theory. Me too. Or maybe just the coming tragedy lured the creature to Point Pleasant. Like, was Mothman sort of an angel of death?
0: Oh. Arriving
1: in anticipation of the coming doom? Oh, I like that. Could a cosmic energy surge, the kind that emanates around catastrophe, draw a creature like Mothman? Sort of like a moth to a flame. Oh, I like that. I like it. We've talked about before how spirits feed off energy and vibrations and stuff. So to me, this seems like a super plausible explanation. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen Mothman described as an interdimensional traveler. Yeah. Also an ultra terrestrial, Mm. which I'm very into that term. So basically that means that he would have command over space and time with the ability to jump from one dimension to another, like a car changing lanes. Huh. So I like to think that he sort of moves around from plane to plane, searching for energy to feed off of. Oh, yeah. Like he knew it was going to collapse, like the doom impending doom i i really really love this theory i like it too sort of like i'm picturing it as like mothman feeds off this like catastrophe energy yeah in like the same way like a bee like collects like pollen Mm -hmm. maybe and then he's like attracted to it like you said like a flame yeah and then he just dips out like once it's done like he feeds and then he leaves
0: yes
1: or another thing i saw is do we think that Mothman is sort of like a demon that leaves destruction in its wake? I don't think so. Could the Mothman himself lead to the destruction of the bridge, which like some sort of supernatural force behind him?
0: Interesting. A lot of people say that Chief Cornstalk and Mothman and the bridge are all connected. Kind of like one thing leading to another. Right. Some people actually say that the day before the bridge fell... they saw Mothman on the bridge, Mm -hmm. but there's no like actual reports of it. And then some even say that they saw him sitting on it the day it fell. But that's there's also like no actual reports, just like people saying that. Right. Some people also say they saw men in black type characters inspecting the bridge. Oh, and scare quotes here. "inspecting." Inspecting. Like climbing up and down it the day or so before it fell.
1: So there's a lot of possibilities here. I think so, too. And in the decades that have passed, people have claimed to witness this creature or a creature like him before all sorts of major disasters. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if either the Mothman is sort of like an angel who warns people. um, Could he be a dark destroyer (laughs) or is he an innocent cosmic bystander drawn to where he's needed by some sort of unknown force to feed on the energy there? I like all of those possibilities. It's super fun, but I am totally camp energy. Same. Like, I just love this idea that he gets some sort of, like, weird, like, ripple in, like, the cosmic, like, threads. He comes to places where he knows. Yeah. Oh, I got goosebumps. And he (laughs) follows it to, like, wherever, like, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I'm really into that whole plane jumping thing.
0: Well, do we want to hear about some possible
1: explanations? From scientists? I don't (laughs) want science. I don't want it here in this house. I just want to talk about cosmic dissidents. Let's do this. Well, we're going to talk about science for a a hot minute. Okay, so
0: with anything strange and odd we talk about, there's always an explanation. Sure. Am I right? So let's get into the completely false and stupid ways people tried to explain this away. (laughs) Ready? Number one. Yes. Contamination leaks. So, like you said, yeah. the TNT area, which later turned into a wildlife preserve, right, had contamination leaks. Tons and tons. And some people thought that the Mothman could have been a product of that, just like a mutated bird genetically enhanced by chemicals emitting into the groundwater in the area. Yeah. People do have stories of catching mutated fish in the pond area, so... Mutation is possible, but I don't think to the extent of the size of the Mothman.
1: Like maybe like a three-eyed fish? Sure. (laughs) Simpsons again. Simpsons again. But I don't think it could create like a bird or a Mm, moth to grow seven feet tall with like a 10 foot wingspan. And again, like just buns that won't quit.
0: all right want to talk about another stupid explanation
1: (laughs) i do this is like my favorite one
0: sandhill cranes
1: have you seen a sandhill crane i I have yes they're very beautiful
0: they are but they don't look like they are not cryptids so a sandhill crane stands three feet tall and has a wingspan of about 80 inches so could this have been a sandhill crane genetically mutated no no if the chemicals in the TNT area had mutated this bird to be double the size, it does sort of hit the mark. The Sandhill Crane also had has a red spot on its head. Yeah. So there's a theory that the chemicals illuminated this <laughs> spot, and that's what people saw as glowing red eyes.
1: Okay. All right, science. <laughs> so we're going to say that a bird, just a tiny little baby three-foot mm-hmm. bird, which I mean, they have like little spindly legs and like a super long neck. They're also white too, There's, right? But let's just assume somehow it turns into fucking Big Bird, okay? <laughs> and it's walking around Point Pleasant. It's still going to have to flap its wings. Yeah, um, exactly. The one red dot on its like forehead isn't going to glow into two red dots. No, like eyeballs.
0: No, it's like the f- its full head is
1: red. It's just it's so ridiculous and it's stupid. I'm so sick of people maligning birds.
0: <laughs> well. Jumping on the owl train here,
1: (laughs) scientists
0: also think that people could have mistaken the Mothman for, wait for it, wait for it, a barn owl. (laughs) They're so small. But I think we all know how we actually feel about this theory, so that's all I'm going to say. Just like, why can't scientists just let us have Mothman?
1: I don't. I don't know. Over
0: 100 accounts of different people, Point Pleasant, in the surrounding areas. Like, just let us have Mothman.
1: Well, okay, this woman that drops baby Tina, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She sees, like, this giant lump on the ground and its Mm -hmm. feathers and it's, like, sleeping or Mm -hmm. doing some weird shit on the floor. Yeah, sleeping. So it follows her onto the porch. If an owl followed me, I would think it was so cute. Right. Or, like, okay, maybe scary in the fact that, like, a bird is attacking you. (laughs) But an owl isn't going to look through your windows And also, Mm -hmm. if you've ever seen an animal outside at night, its eyes do not glow red. No. They're, like, maybe yellowy or, like, that weird, like, iridescent iridescent white. Yeah. Yeah. So, that just it doesn't track. And again, birds are good people. (laughs) Why are scientists maligning them? I'm so sick of it. All right. So, enough with the animals
0: and the birds. Okay. Another theory, which I don't subscribe to because it just would be absolutely insane if it were true... But there's a theory that this whole thing was a giant hoax put on by none other than Gray Barker.
1: (laughs) Should I read my tramp stamp right now? Keel is for real. Gray can go away. So we all know he's a a hoaxer. A real flim flam man.
0: (laughs) And we know that he's known for doing sick paranormal pranks and is (laughs) believed to have orchestrated the whole thing for publicity. I can't even. So... I mean, that's a little extravagant, if you ask me, that he just made it
1: all. And how did he create the Mothman? (laughs) Did he dress? I'm just picturing right (laughs) now. Gray Barker. (laughs) making in his basement like oh i'm just gonna put mache all, put all these feathers on here and he's got like his little hot glue gun his mom comes down and she's like great what are you doing my hot glue gun you know i need that for crafts and he's like yeah, shut up mom i'm making a moth man and he's, he's making like, mom it. i said you couldn't come down here yeah and then she goes back upstairs and she's like okay honey and he's like mom pizza rolls no the pizza rolls i want them yeah so that's what i'm just picturing for Gray. yeah totally here. like being a little bitch dressing like mothman and like <laughs> running around town but how does he fly exactly can't, can't. great barker can't fl- can't great barker
0: can fly then he could be the mothman <laughs> <laughs> then what you just said is possible whoa. whoa so another theory which i kind of love is the fourth dimension to space yes. so there is a theory and i love it that uh-huh. there is a fourth dimension to space and and quite a few scientists actually believe this. Yes. Okay. So the theory is that there are other universes in okay. other dimensions right. within an infinite dimensional universe. Yes. So that's, I know that's a lot of words. But You're
1: speaking my language.
0: The theory is that some dimensions may have evolved life forms and that these different beings can go between the different pockets of dimensionality. So these UFOs, these strange men, these creatures, they could have all come from another dimension.
1: I want to talk about this for one second. Please okay. do. So we're on the 37th parallel,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which again, paranormal superhighway, right? Yes. So this already, in my opinion, leads some credence to this. Yeah. I believe in other dimensions, Hell just yeah. as like a human being. Hell yeah. How can it just be this? Unless yeah. this is a simulation, in which case that's very rude because I'm not happy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Kiano, so, come save us. Keanu. And also, I just feel like it makes total sense because if there's alternate timelines, which there fucking are, yeah. right? Mm-hmm infinite alternate timelines maybe mothman is what we are to this maybe there's a whole dimension of Mothmen, and they're mm. just fucking people over there and that's totally like their social norm and like Whoa. that's just who they are and he sometimes vacays in point pleasant because honestly <laughs> his summer house is the, in the tnt area the appalachian mountains are very beautiful sure very true so i'm here for it I'm here for it, too. And maybe, like, over in Mothmanville, there's, like, fucking Yoder, and he got pulled off of his Amish farm, and he's just like, well, no, I don't think I'm in the right place here. <laughs> don't think I'm in Point Pleasant anymore. No. So, Yoder's all fucked up over there, and he starts drinking, which Amish are not supposed to drink, but it's like, he is surrounded by Mothman, and they've taken him in as one of his own. <laughs> and I... <laughs> Why? There's this whole story now for Yoder. Okay, I'll stop. But if you want to hear more about Yoder, DM me because I have a lot of ideas about what he's doing over there. Okay.
0: All right. You want to talk about some fun facts? Yeah. (laughs) So the town of Point Pleasant, like Flatwoods, embraces their mothy past. Because, I mean, they have to. How can you not? So they have a Mothman festival every year. So add that to the list and to our cryptid crawl. Right. Because we got to go. We got to go. Sadly, this festival was postponed this year. Like every other fun thing due to COVID.
1: Oh, COVID's the real cryptid. Yeah. But
0: you can take tours of the TNT area, bus tours. (laughs) They have live bands, vendors, guest speakers, and the town has its very own Mothman Museum.
1: I want to go. Me too.
0: It's a whole thing, and we will go next year. Okay, cool. We can road trip it. We're pretty close. Let's do it. Eight hours. It's so far, but okay. (laughs) Well, I almost forgot the best part. Okay. Point Pleasant Uh has a very (laughs) bootylicious statue of Mothman. (laughs) In the middle of town. It
1: absolutely does. And we will
0: and we will post a picture of him and his booty for everyone
1: to see. It's so hot. So if you don't follow us, follow us so you don't miss the booty of Mothman. You are going to see Mothman's booty in all its glory. This is what he deserves. Okay. Mothman was, one, bootylicious. Yes. Two, quads that do not mm. quit. Mm. Three, 10-foot wingspan. Am I right, ladies? You know what that means. <laughs> Nicole. Yes. We don't live in Point Pleasant. We do not. We live in the suburbs of Chicago. We do. But there have been sightings of Mothman. Oh, I know. Can we talk about it? Yes, let's do. Okay, good. I've been waiting this entire time because I want to talk about it so bad. (laughs) So there's sightings of like a Mothman type creature. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they've been seen like all around the world, honestly. But I want to talk about our locals here. So... Most recently, the Chicagoland area has seen a flock of these little mothy dudes. Mm. Since 2017, there's been an uptick of locals reporting seeing a very large, winged creature in the city's skyline. Yeah. Now we have hawks, but hawks are very small. Yeah. Not mo- not seven feet tall. They're not all. Mothman, right? Mm-mm. And multiple witnesses describe these creatures as being taller than a human being, with glowing eyes and bat-like wings. Whoa. In twenty seventeen alone there were fifty-five recorded sightings of a Mothman in and around Chicago. Ugh, I'm so jealous. Why can't I be one of those fifty-five?
0: I'm right here, Mothman.
1: <sighs> Nicole, you can't be too thirsty for this shit. I know. I'm We've so been thirsty. over this. I'm so thirsty for this. If Mothman. you want your house to be haunted, it won't be. If you wanna just pinch Mothman's taut little booty. I do. It's <laughs> so ridiculous. You're not going to be able to, okay? You gotta play hard to get. I know. In this past November, a truck driver was picking up a shipment at O'Hare International Airport, Mm. which I can basically see from my house. Yes. And he claimed to have seen one of these Mothman creatures. (sighs) The witness said that he was having a cigarette um, (laughs) leaning up against his truck and the truck was being loaded and he spotted something like a large bird standing by the parking lot fence. He said in his statement it looked like a person with wings and they were just all stretched out and flapping around. <laughs> that's what he sounded like. I saw that's, it. Yeah. Um, I've also
0: heard of this particular sighting. Yeah. And I think the scariest part about it yeah. is that Mothman is being seen around O'Hare, uh-huh. which for listeners that don't know, that's our major airport in Chicago. So we fly out of that. That's where we fly out of. So the right. fact that Mothman is seen around there kind of doesn't give me all... Like, the warm, fuzzy feelings inside.
1: Yeah. Mm A little scary. So, we were raised, I mean, literally, like, four or five miles from this ginormous airport. It's, like, the second largest airport in all of the United States. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Literally. Mm -hmm. And it does, like, the most, like, international traffic and everything. Yeah. So, basically, our whole lives, we were told, like, it's not if there will be a terrorist activity there. It's (laughs) when there will be terrorist activity there. Yeah so yeah i'm kind of feeling that too like that's really super scary Mm. and also you know how like a flock of canadian geese can take a plane down yes what do you think a mothman could do
0: fucking bring that shit to the ground even harder
1: it's very very sad and very scary yeah in my research of Mothman sightings, I found a very super fun story from 1977 that I, oh. I want to kind of talk about. Okay, So there's an Illinois woman, and she claimed that while she was watching her kids play in the backyard one evening, two <laughs> giant bird-like creatures attacked her family. Oh, no. <laughs> one of these giant birds, as she claimed, snatched right. up her son, <laughs> just scooped him up in its talons, Carried him several yards before accidentally dropping the child. What? That's so super fun. So, I don't know if fun's the word I would use <laughs> for it, but it's so
0: super something. Yeah, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm. we have types of birds that can pick up small animals around here. Like you said, we have hawks. Right. And I have two chihuahuas, and I have to be careful of hawks in the suburbs. But
1: we're, like, picking up a kid? I don't know. It's got to be Mothman. Mothman doesn't pick up people, though. Maybe he wants to take them to be friends with Yoder because Yoder's really lonely. (laughs) Because hear me out on this. Okay. Okay. So Yoder's the Mothman bar, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And Because he's just full on an alcoholic. The Mothman bar? bar. Well, that's what he calls it. (laughs) So maybe Yoder's super, like, sad because he's the only human being in this Mothman world. Mm. So these Mothmen, who are now his best friends, (laughs) are trying to start a family for him. So they want to steal all these children and bring them to Yoder Because he misses being around his kind.
0: I like how you used moth men, like the plural of moth man. (laughs)
1: Well, there's more than one. There's also... (laughs) In this moth man bar. (laughs) Shout out to my moth women. Am I right? Ladies night. The moth women. (laughs) The moth women. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I don't know. Today, um, I actually read an article that said that some believe that the moth man sightings are up because of the pandemic. Oh, that makes complete sense. Like, we're just in total peril and, like, everything is terrible in the United States of America. So Mothman's over here being an energy vampire and just kind of sucking in all of the hate that's being spread into the world. Wow.
0: Okay, so I want to know what you think Mothman's purpose is. Do you think he's a warning or an omen did he cause it what are your thoughts
1: um i think that he doesn't have a specific purpose
0: same i agree with
1: that i feel like he's a warning in the way that he's not actively warning people Mm -hmm. but if you see a mothman that means something bad is going to happen some
0: stuff's gonna go down i i agree with that actually right
1: i really subscribe to this whole theory that he's like an energy, like vampire I like that
0: too a lot. I like... When you mentioned that, I was like, yep, that's now my new... (laughs) Yeah. My new thing. Do you think that he's... I mean, you think he's real, right? Oh. You don't think he's like a mutated bird.
1: (laughs) Okay. Of any of the cryptids, which there's so many insane cryptids out there. Oh, yeah. I believe in Mothman without a doubt. Yeah, he's
0: got the most sightings, I would say. Well, within like a span, a certain period of time, you know?
1: Yeah, and it just... It really seems plausible to me, honestly. Yeah. Like, I think that the way that they describe, like, his body and, like, his, like, what he looks like, Mm -hmm. seems like that could be an actual animal. Yeah. If you will. So, yeah, I definitely believe in Mothman.
0: Yeah, I I would say that I agree with you that I think that he... Feeds off of energy. I don't want to say that he's necessarily a sign of doom. No. I think he's more sort of like a signifier of change in a way.
1: Okay. I like that. Whether that
0: be change for good or bad. I mean, I don't know. I think Mothman could have been a distraction for something bigger happening in the area too. Because That's true. I mean, after... The bridge collapsed, he was gone, and then no one ever cared about him because they had this whole bridge thing happening. Right. Some people actually believe that occultists are the are responsible for the happenings also.
1: Really? How so? So,
0: so some people think that a ritual or something could have been done to open our world to this other dimension or these beings, and that's how they all kind of made their way through during this time, which is...
1: Super interesting to think about. I am not going to discredit that. Yeah. There's a lot of powers and magic and Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word and just shit out there that we don't understand. Yeah. So possibly
0: another theory and I, it's not my own theory. This was, people brought this up in the documentaries that I watch, but a lot of people say that the UFOs and the strange things were drawn to the area because of the TNT power plant area.
1: I think that that makes sense too
0: because they kind of like charge like with the energies like they yeah. sucked up the energy from it
1: that makes sense too especially because like I mean we've talked about UFOs and stuff before yeah and how people get physically ill when they're like mm-hmm. around aliens or right. like around any of this sort of extraterrestrial equipment yeah. um have we talked about that or is it just something weird that I know I feel like we've talked about about. that. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. I'm not just crazy. No. Um, I mean, you know. Um. But anyways, so that makes sense to me. So like a an area that would be toxic to a human being, right? In my mind, flip and reverse it would be like like fuel. Yeah. Like nourishing to an extra or ultra terrestrial. Right.
0: And if you're a a space alien and you need to charge up before you go to
1: like the next planet, right. You pick the TNT area, you right. know. Noxious fumes, um, tons of explosives. Yes. Yeah. A lot of energy emitting from that. Just so. like a lot of bad bojo, also mm. maybe, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah, I'm here for that one. I've also seen that our man cornstalk, Chief Cornstalk. Yeah his curse mm-hmm. so this is sort of like a, a roundabout sort of insane thing um <laughs> <laughs> but i'm very subscribed to this do you know what a tulpa is yes i do absolutely okay i'm obsessed with this thought me too obsessed yes. with it and for those of our listeners that don't know what a tulpa is you will also become obsessed with it mm-hmm. if you just google it one time be careful not to create one so. i want one but they turn evil okay anyway so it's like a an entity that you will into existence. Yeah, you you create like with your energy or sort of thing. Yeah, so like Bloody Mary, how you were afraid of Bloody Mary and yeah. you would go in the bathroom and you <laughs> felt like you had to say it into the mirror, right? Yeah. Well, I saw eyes once. Maybe I created that. There you, know. you go. It's like you will it into existence yes. through your thoughts, or through speaking its name out loud, so, or sometimes even just like
0: experiencing something really traumatic, and you just like create it. Like what you've experienced, just like brings up.
1: Yeah, it like manifests into manifests. a physical entity. That's,
0: yeah, that's the word I was looking for.
1: Yes. So I am fucking obsessed with this idea. Yeah. So the theory is that cornstalk, mm-hmm. right? He was murdered in a way that was right. super brutal. Yeah. And it left like a lasting energy impression. Mm-hmm. And then he was also murdered with a bunch of other people. And obviously, like, hi, the entire country is like <laughs> full of like massacred burial grounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's this energy. And then he's known to have put a curse. Right. So. By doing the curse and then, like, sort of people talking about it afterwards. Yeah. Mothman was sort of created as, like, a tulpa.
0: Like, manifested by everyone just, like, knowing about this curse. Yes.
1: And so there's talk in, like, the Shawnee Nation Mm -hmm. about something that they call the Prophet.
0: Oh. Okay.
1: Which is fucking Mothman. They describe it as having large wings, being extremely tall, very powerful, great ass. I don't know why they put that in there too, but they, they wrote that great ass it's underlined. True. It's true. There's an exclamation point at the end. I think there's then, two even. Upside down exclamation point at the beginning of it. Okay. Mm. They really wanted us to know. So they talk about this, this entity that they call the prophet. Yeah. And I'm just saying, I just want to put it out there that maybe the mothman is a tulpa created by chief Cornstalk's curse spoken into existence to wreak havoc amongst the white man. Like I think, against the white I man. I think you just solved Mothman. I'm into it. I like that a lot. I like that one and then I really, really love that he's like an ultra terrestrial international yeah. inter The dimensional, dimensional thing. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. I agree. He's an interdimensional man of mystery. <laughs> And I got the hats for him. Also, fun Same. fact. Um, have you ever heard of or played Fallout 76? I have not. Well, my partner, Jonathan, shout out to j Um, <laughs> He plays this game quite frequently. Oh, yeah. And there's a church in it that has a shrine to Mothman. Whoa. whoa. It's very fun. <laughs> um, I will post a picture on our stories you okay. so you guys can see it. There's also like a little Mothman character, which is very, very cute. Oh. But then if you encounter it at night, it murders you. Oh. Unless you murder first. And then there's also like a little Flatwoods monster, but he looks Whoa. different. So he's like purple and he's like glowing and he kind of floats. Mm. Okay. He looks sort of similar, but just more like video game style. Okay. So I thought that, that was just sort of like a fun little weird thing. Yeah, that creator must be a huge John Keel Mothman Prophecies fan. Maybe. <laughs> here for it okay and one more thing that i just want to leave us with okay because <laughs> okay. obviously i went into like a wormhole of john keel and oh, like yeah. looking up everything yes because he has just researched some really amazing stuff yeah i'm gonna read like all of his books after this i almost feel like we should do a john keel episode but i don't know it just would, like maybe it would like, be like, a... like eight hours long but... oh god it's just he's really really cool yeah um and i just want to mention that his name isn't john keel like <laughs> He not? he was born Alva John Kiel, but it's spelled K-I-E-H-L-E.
0: Okay. And I think it's sort of nice. Alva is his real name? Alva. 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 Alva John.
1: So if I ever reproduce offspring, they're going to be named Indrid and Alva.
0: Indrid and Alva.
1: Kind of rules. It does. Yeah.
0: And I feel like those could go like either way. I love, depending on. I love androgyny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I guess, I mean, I don't know what else, that's that's our episode, but if Mothman, if you're out there listening, will you marry me?
1: Uh, Nicole, it's me. It's, it's Mothman. It's Mothman. It's Mothman. That's the I voice. Just, <laughs> it's so, sm- I'm Mothman. I sound, I sound beautiful and my voice is so soothing. <laughs> and I just want to tell you, look at my buns. Look at them. Look at these buns. I'm looking. You want to marry these buns? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm oh shit people he's getting down on one knee what's happening Uh, nicole will you will you marry me i sound a little bit like elvis that's how (laughs) you know i'm Mothman. i accept great oh shit he's carrying her away to another dimension no nicole we need you to end the episode all right guys well nicole's gone so that's great i guess i'll just do this by myself now listeners if you want to look at any of our source material um it's going to be in the show notes and if you have listener mail, um, which actually I have one to read. Oh, what? Oh, shit. Oh, she's back. Oh, oh, what? Did you get to? What's happening? Oh, wow. <laughs>
0: what? <laughs> Woo. That was a wild ride. What happened? Um, He decided he was going to go back to check on Yoder and decided to drop me off to finish this off. Oh, you know?
1: shit. How is Yoder? <laughs> He's doing well. He's got his
0: own little family of stolen children. So. Oh,
1: that's so nice. <laughs> He's good. He's a real Pied Piper, eh? <laughs> he is. Well, good for Yoder.
0: So uh, do we have a listener mail?
1: Oh, I was just talking about that before Monkhan dropped you off. Oh, wow. We do have a listener mail. So this is a listener mail from Ashley from Connecticut. It's a listener lore. Ooh, okay. She says, I have too many ghost stories. haha. Oh, I'm so jealous of her <laughs> <The> ghost stories. <laughs> she says here's my craziest one though a friend and i went to a farm near my old house pretty late at night a few years ago to watch a thunderstorm over the city next to our town oh, i love doing that watching right storms it's my favorite dude ashley seems so cool let's hang out yeah <laughs> the farm is on a big hill so there is a really great view the car was off and the windows were closed so there was no moving air hmm. i was taking a snapchat video Because the lightning looked really cool. And I saw something fly across the screen on my phone. Honestly, I thought maybe it was like a bug. But after reviewing the video, it definitely was not. And then when I saw it, I said, what was that? And went to show my friend. And then we played back the video and get this. There was a voice on it. And it wasn't one of ours. What did the voice say? I don't know. She sent me this video and I watched it and I'll show you.
0: You have the video? I have the video. Oh, my
1: gosh. Um, I can't make out what it's saying, but it's like you can sort of hear something, and it's actually very scary. I got goosebumps. She continues, I still have trouble watching it because of how terrified we were. I don't even know what it's saying, but it's clearly a voice like right after you see the quote-unquote orb situation. And I worked at a farmer's market in my town at the time and showed the video to someone that knows the owners of the farm. Mm Mm-hmm they told the owners and the owners said that it's definitely haunted and they have also had experiences there (gasps) no yes dude so that's ashley's story ashley is a host of a super super fun true crime and history podcast called didn't you know oh fun so you should check her out if you haven't yeah yeah wait so you said you have the video right I do. Can we play the audio? Yeah. Hell yeah. We can play it. Okay. So this is Ashley. Her video, um, it's a YouTube video, and I'm going to post it. I'm sure she would be cool with that, right? Okay. Yeah. Ask her. We'll ask her. Okay. So this is at the Hiddinger Farm Ghost, is what this video is called. Ready? What was that? What? So in the video, you see an orb fly yeah. across the screen and then this weird voice. It's like, yeah, and then her friend yells, what was that? Oh, my gosh. That's so creepy. <laughs> Isn't it Like so it. fucking scary? That's amazing. So this is um, one of my favorite listener lores yeah. fucking ever. Yeah yes very cool thank you so much ashley for sending that in yeah thank you and if anyone else has a super creepy video or a super creepy story Mm -hmm. or if you just want to say hi or if you know yoder and you want to (laughs) like you know let us know how he's doing or something story basically at all yeah like anything literally anything literally anything dm me slippery slide into my dms babe um, you can email us at quiteunusualpod at gmail.com. You can hit us up on the social meds at quite unusual pod. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. We have a page and a group. Yeah. Join our group. Join our group, babe. Join ba- our cult, babe. Join our cult. And then also we have an Instagram. Of course, yeah. And if you like what you hear,
0: rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. And as always, remember to celebrate the strange. And
1: keep it unusual. Bye. Bye. Shira. Hi, Arielle. Hi, quite unusual listeners.
0: We're the co hosts of what's sure to be your new favorite distraction cast Counter Programming with Shira and Arielle. We want you to forget about all of this grim pandemic news for approximately 30 minutes and listen to us. Then, of course, go right on back. Each episode of Counter Programming focuses on a different kind of counter. Get it? Counter Programming. Ha! Ah. <laughs> Our first series was on countertops. We did wood, marble, steel, granite. Then we moved on to counter tenors, step counters, and a whole host of counts like Count Dracula and Count Olaf, and so much more. We hit you with a mixture of comedy and fun facts that you did not know you needed in your lives. But we promise you do. You really do. We would love for you to tune in to Counter Programming with Shira and Ariel. Wherever it is that you're listening to the quite unusual podcast, just search for Counter Programming with Shira and Ariel.
1: Bye, Quite Unusual
0: listeners. Bye.